Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insights to help you to lead, manage, and coach in football, sports, and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA, and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league, and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to Leader Manager Coach. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. Very warm, warm welcome to you if you don't, uh, if you haven't been with us before. My name is Rob Riles, and this podcast called Leader Manager Coach is all about leadership. It's all about management, and it's all about football. It's particularly related to the world of football but it has connotations for all sports and leadership in life as well so I hope you can enjoy this podcast and I hope you can take out some real good value and apply it to whatever your niche is and whatever your your area of speciality is. Now today what I wanted to do and what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about um, so a subject that's related to one that I've talked about before, which is uh, the subject of mastery. And in particular, what I'm going to talk about today is, what I'm going to start to talk about is the 80-20 principle or the Pareto principle. And this is something that's certainly not new. It's something that I probably think I heard about many years ago, and it's been around for many, many, many years. I couldn't tell you exactly how many. And um, about a year ago, somebody said, oh, um, have a look at this book. And it's by a guy called uh, Richard Koch, uh, K-O-C-H, an English author, uh, a business entrepreneur, very successful gentleman who took a, a real deep dive and an in-depth analysis of the 80-20 of the principle. And uh, the great thing about this for me is it's really simple and it's phenomenally powerful it's one of those things that and there aren't many that you come across that is real really easy to implement and will have astounding results um, I think the difficult thing is actually believing that this can have the effect that it can but it's well worth looking at and it's well worth a deep dive into. So if you want to um, find out more about it, please make sure that you Google um, the author and uh, the 80-20 principle and certainly go on Amazon and have a look or Audible and download, whatever you need to do. But it's well, it's going to be well worth your time. So what essentially is it? Well, it's a principle that discusses the... The fact, and I think I can call it a fact, and the evidence is pretty strong that it is a fact, that in essence, a minority of the things that we do, a minority of the things that we focus on, will produce the majority of the results. So it's called the 80-20 principle because what it essentially is saying is that 80% of our activities in life, no matter what those activities are, will produce 20% of the results. And on the other side of the equation, 20% of what we do 
will produce 80% of the results. So we can spend four-fifths, four-fifths of our time doing what we do in whatever sphere that is. And essentially, this principle says that that four-fifths of our time will produce one-fifth of the results. And the other fifth, the other 20%, will produce four-fifths of the results. Now, when that was read to me like that, and that was explained to me like that, it it doesn't take much to understand or to realise that if we focus on the 20% that produces 80% of the results, that is almost like turbocharging your life. It's almost... Uh, it's almost hard to believe but that is the truth and what um, the author does is he challenges us to actually take a look at our own life and, and take a look at your own activities and see how this is working and playing out in your life because he challenges the readers to to do this so that they can actually see that it's it's working because it will be working in your life this principle is almost a universal principle so what he says is first of all you need to take an analysis so you need to analyze what it is that you're actually doing what activities are you doing and then obviously in addition to analyzing the activities which will include what it is you do, probably more importantly, how long you do those activities for, how, how, what's the duration of them, how much time are you putting into them? And also in addition, what resources are you putting into those activities? And then on the other side of the equation, looking at the results, the consequences that occur as a result as far as possible of those activities and what this principle is essentially saying is that you will be doing certain things in your day certain things in your life that are having real real significant effects and you will be spending time in your life doing things that are only having really minor or or moderate effects so that then gives you the the evidence to then sit down and say right if this is creating this, is it worth me continuing with? But, or what would happen if I then decided to spend, instead of spending 20% of the time on creating these 80% of the results, sorry, 80% of the time on creating 20% of the results, what would happen if I spent more time on the 20% of activities? Well, in effect, that would give a phenomenal incremental improvement in your efficiency, in your productivity, and, and your profitability, probably. And it wouldn't just double it. So if you then spent, four, you know, went from 20% to 40%, it wouldn't just double it. You would have a compounding incremental effect. Um, the author actually goes on to say that he believes, especially as generally efficiency is in improving with automation and artificial intelligence and 
increased speed of communication, that this principle is actually becoming more acute. So it's moving forward from an 80-20 principle to, to nearer a 90-10. And in certain circumstances, he talks about it being a 95-5 principle. And in essence, th this is taking the people who understand it. It's taking the people who not only can understand it, but can implement the principle into a realm of being hundreds of times more effective than people who don't. So, you know, just as a real broad, basic example, you know, you could spend eight hours in a day in your garden or on your job. And let's just pick a physical example of work. And you could spend eight hours a day digging, digging a garden um, or digging a trench or digging a footing or putting a foundation in. And you could use a tool, a very effective tool, a shovel and a pick to do that. Now, in 20 minutes, it's probably possible using mechanical means to actually do the work that you've done in eight hours and to do it more effectively using a different tool. And that would then, and this is where the magic really is, is it's not just the fact that you get the job done in 20 minutes compared to 480 minutes, if you like. It, it's, it's almost the fact that the rest of that time that's left available to you, that 460 minutes that's then left over, you can then use that at your will to go and do something else. And it may be if you're acute and you understand the principle that you then compound that by going and, and applying that into something that really does give you great returns. So when you look back and say, okay, let me look at that eight hours that I've just spent. I've utilized 20 minutes to do what would have taken me eight hours. I've then utilized the another two hours in a real high key performance activity, a key area that's produced some real good results. And then I've actually really been able to have some quality time doing what I like to do with some family or with friends or something that's really important in the rest of the time. So the actual results of analyzing your activities are so much greater than just the simple results that will occur because of that change. Um, the, the compound almost goes on and on and on. And, and that's, I think that's a, that's a principle in life. It's where the, you know, success leads to success and, and, and you know, the, the rich get richer and, and the more successful become more successful because of the compounding effect of activities and and the way that that, that principle works. So the first thing that we are charged to do is analyze our activities and say, okay, what is it I am doing? And this is such a key thing. And most people will be in your brain now, if you're anything like me, what will be happening is it's the little man or the little lady that's jumping up and down on your shoulder going, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And 
to, to actually stop and take the time and sit down with a pen and paper and actually be really analytical and say, right, this is what I do from the minute I wake up in the morning till the, till the minute I go, go to bed at night time. And yes, we've all got things that we need to do to keep our lives going. We've got relationships, we've got commitments, we've got personal things we need to take care of, whether that's health or well-being or, you know, commitments we've made to other people, that's family, um, things we've signed up to do, we've got work commitments. So those are things that are absolutely fundamental that we cannot just walk away from. Now, in addition to that, there will be minutes here and hours here and decisions here about what we do with our time. And what he implores us to do is to start small and to start with the little chunks of time that you can affect. Because if you are, if you're destined, if you are, what's the word I'm looking for? If you are committed to do an activity for a certain number of hours a day, because that's your work schedule, that's dictated to by somebody else. In effect, yes, you can change what you can change within that, but you know, you can't walk away from it and decide to go and do something else unless you're going to be brave unless you're going to make a fundamental sudden decision to go and do something else, that's fine, that's up to you, um, you know. But you need to be able to affect the things you can change to start with and you only need to start small. Because if you can start small and you can use, for example, 30 minutes a day, you can find 30 minutes a day and let's say your goal is to I don't know, it, it could be a relationship developing goal. You think, you know, what I need to do here is I need to, to increase my reach. I need to reach more people. I need to touch out to members of my family. It could be it could be that you need to develop that. It could be a work thing that you need to focus on so that you can create um, a document for work. Um, it needs to be a business plan that you want to put together. It needs to be a project that you need to put some structure to. Take those 30 minutes that you would normally possibly, I don't know, it might be going on social media. It might be that you would just sit and have your lunch and read a newspaper. Or it might be where you would just drive home in the car with music on. And you could say, okay, well, I found 30, 60 minutes a day there that I can actually think, I can actually analyze. I, I can actually put something down. And for the first day, that's it. Now, the beauty of this principle is, is, as I've alluded to before, is the compounding effect. So you start small after this analysis of where your time goes. And you put that time into something that you know will give you greater consequences down the road. And it might be three months, six months, nine months down the road. And I know this is true. And I know that you know it's true, especially deep inside, because... For the past few months, I've had a number of projects on the go, and they've they've been involved in um, they've involved coaching activity, they've included a business activity, and they've also included this podcast activity, which has taken a number of months to come to fruition. And there's been times when I felt so overwhelmed, I've felt so fatigued, and I've felt, in, in all truth, in all honesty, I've questioned whether I'm doing the right thing because I'm taking time away from just being able to sit and relax to actually 
because I've committed to create something and I've wondered whether I've taken on too much and etc etc and you know I'm sure you can relate to that especially some of you you folks out there who who have, have set yourself some things to do and after after the the initial period you know we start to have some success and things start to come to fruition and then I start thinking oh it still hasn't got to where I want it to so that kind of overwhelm you know it's something that that is easy to to succumb to but when I sit back and stand back and analyze where things are in terms of for example a website production and a podcast production and certain aspects of my coaching and um, the different aspects of of a business project that I've got going on, you know, there's absolutely hard evidence of progress. Although, as is often the case with with people who want to achieve things, we're not always where we want to be. So, but I I do know that by applying this this principle that and and keep looking and analysing, you will get real good real quality changes and when it, when you see those little changes come in your life you think do you know what this is just so so powerful so it's such a, a worthwhile thing to do and, and it will really create some simplicity in your life and you will also end up doing things that because they give you great results or much better results you actually enjoy doing them um, and, and you know that those things will give you the results and this leads us back to the mastery principle that we talked about when we talked about that wonderful little book by George Leonard called Mastery. Because if you focus exclusively and simplify your life and focus exclusively on these little things, you will know that deep down these are the things that are going to give you success. These are the things that will grow you and challenge you and hone you that you can drill down into and you can become an expert at and you become a master at and will separate you and differentiate you from from everybody else so that you become the archetypical person that only you can become because of your own interests and because of your own talents and because of your own genetics and because of the own, the, the ideas that, that grab you and you just get that valuable or invaluable sense of of being that that you know you're on the right track because you're doing things that create results and those results might just be internal results for you that give you satisfaction and the secondary result of a financial return of a of an adulation of a of a glory of a of a, of a you know a recognition they may just come as a consequence and i think you know we've all we're all probably guilty of chasing the secondary effects of 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 what it is that drives us rather than what is the real internal drive that we've got so yeah i hope that's helped a little bit um and the thing i want to relate that to uh, this 80 20 principle is stephen covey's four quadrants and I suppose really I ought to think about doing a separate podcast on this because this if you know and I'm sure there's so many people out there who are listening to this who have, have read this book because it's such such an icon of our of our literature in this in this modern age Stephen Covey's um, seven habits of highly effective people and I am sure that most people will agree that one of the most powerful things that Stephen um, bless him 
and God rest his soul um, portrayed in the book was was the four quadrants. So, um, and, and it's such a powerful thing, and, it, and it's so related to the eighty twenty principle that we'll we'll just relate it to that. So he talks about having four quadrants for all your activities. So a way of analysing your activities is to look at these four quadrants. So if you look at a, imagine a square, and imagine that square divided into four, and top left he calls that quadrant one, and he calls that activities that are urgent and important. So you suddenly find out that your loved one, you wake up in the morning, and this is an example, your loved one is showing signs of being extremely ill. Um, you're really concerned that this is a this is something serious. They might be holding the chest. They might be saying that they've got a, a you know a headache that's just totally out of proportion. There might have been an accident in the, in, in the home, but it's something that's like right. If I don't act now, there are going to be consequences that are going to change our lives, and it's an emergency. That is a and your your actions then are are a, he calls a quadrant one activity because you're going to just drop absolutely everything else. No matter what it is you're doing, you're going to sort that problem out as best you can. And those kind of things come along and we can't always avoid them. But what Stephen Covey is saying is that there are certain things that we can do to prevent those things occurring if we do the right things. Move across to the second square, which is the top right as we look at the, look at the square. He calls that quadrant two. And this is what he calls... Um, important but not urgent so these are the activities that if we don't do them will not have immediate consequences so but they're important so if you set yourself a goal or a target to be let's just keep it on track to be at a certain level in your sport or a certain level in your occupation and to hit some targets and you know you need to do X, Y and Z. If you don't do X, Y and Z, you will not hit those targets. But those the, those targets are a month away or two months away or three months away or a year away or your graduation for your degree is a year away. And if you don't do this essay today, you can do it tomorrow or you can do it the day after or you can do it next month. But we all know the consequences of that. So there's no urgency but there is masses of importance. So these are activities that are easy to drop, are not always comfortable to do, and our motivation to do them has to come from an internal drive, and and this is where it requires a lot of self-discipline. Let's go to the other square, which is on the left-hand side, and it's the bottom square on the left-hand side. Quadrant three. So these activities are... um, urgent activities but they're not important so what are some examples of things that happen in your life on a daily basis probably really frequently that are urgent or have an urgent appearance but are not important telephone calls emails social media alerts news flashes advertisements etc etc things that the world the 21st century world 
has evolved into and created which will do absolutely everything in the war against focus and mastery to grab any little bit of brain cell or any little bit of attentive memory or attentive focus that you've got so that they can get their agenda agenda fulfilled but actually is not on the path that you have chosen to create what it is that you want in your life so if you are have set your goal of becoming x y or z and you've got social media flashes and social media alerts and emails and pings and bings and buzzes and phone calls which are about people who want to sell you things people who want to advertise things to you people who want to explain things to you that they think you may be interested in which is not on your path then you are losing ground in achieving your goal so one of the real key things we can do is cut and chop and remove as far as possible all these little things and it gets harder and harder as the evolution of electronic and artificial intelligence technology moves on because it becomes even more sophisticated and we know that we often have to use all these things for the benefit and the and the growth of our lives and our businesses and our and and, and what it is we're doing so we have to learn to be really successful and utilize them as tools that benefit us and make sure that we are the master and not the slave because there are millions and millions of people out there who are slaves to what they should be master over particularly from their iPhones okay quadrant four which is on the bottom right and these are activities that are not urgent and they're not important so this can just be things that are trivia if you like if i can use that word it's just things that people do to fill their time and they don't really consciously think about it and they don't really consciously know why they're doing it they just these are things that they just do and it might be playing a game on your computer and there's nothing wrong in that there's only something wrong in it if you have set yourself a, a a deadline and a target and what you're doing does not have any actual value to your life. It is just a time filler to prevent you having to do the discomfort or the uncomfortable focus and work of working on something that you've committed to that actually you don't feel like doing. And that essentially is, the, is Stephen Covey's analysis using the four quadrants of what we do with our life. It is so powerful that it is absolutely phenomenal. And it ties in so well with this 80-20 principle. And I know I'm kind of giving you an awful lot of activity, but these are two key fundamental pieces of work that are, they're, they're not ancient in terms of their, their, their creation because they're, you know, they're 20th, and 21st century creations in terms of the literature but I believe that the the actual foundational wisdom and philosophy behind them is is, is, is ancient um, so they are so worthwhile your investigation especially Stephen Covey's work in the four quadrants
you know, and it's where you need to, to focus and where we all need to focus and focus on those quadrant two activities so that it leads us to the success that we want and prevents us having to deal with constant um, uh, crisis, if you like, in, in our lives. Because if we don't make the right decisions on a, on, a, on a consistent basis, we will always be firefighting and feeling like we're just treading water or going backwards instead of moving forward. So I thought I'd share that that um, that eighty twenty principle with you. So that's Richard Koch. It's a great book, and of course Stephen Covey's um, uh, Seven Highly Habits of of Highly Effective People. So have a look at those and see see what you, see what you get out of them. It's it's some fantastic stuff, and I, I've, I had some some other things that I was gonna gonna talk about as well, but. Um, uh, understand that this podcast has kind of gone on a little bit so we're almost um, 30 minutes in and I've not even talked about referencing Cal Newport's deep work and um, Jordan's kingship of self-control but maybe we'll come to those at a, at a different podcast so um, yeah that's uh, that's about it for um, passing on information for this week um, this week's been um, yes uh, yesterday was it no day before um, we had a beautiful service down in Ross on Wye for Dick Bate, um, his family and friends and work colleagues um, to remember his life. And it's such fantastic news that Dick's legacy will live on at St. George's Park in the National Football Centre. And he is going to have a coach education pitch named after him. I mean, that's just a, a great, a great and such a fitting fitting thing so um, accolades to the to the FA for that and um, had such a wonderful time meeting meeting friends and colleagues down there albeit such a sad occasion um, but um, yeah we all remembered Dick and um, we will all all of us were were there to to say that um, you know how much he'd, he'd influenced all of us and um, just wish his family lots of love and um, lots of support from from everybody so listen thanks for thanks for listening um we've got um some great stuff coming up and um you know if you want to check anything out i'm on social media i'll be on linkedin um rob riles on linkedin um www.robriles.co.uk for more websites leadership management and coaching and some um reading references on there and um I hope you find all the information useful. Get in touch if you want to want to discuss anything. It'd be great to hear from you. But once again, always appreciate your time. Thanks for listening, and um, I'll catch you again. Bye.